Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. This is Song vs. Song. And this week, Song vs. Song has got it going on. You ready, Lena? Never. Never. Literally okay, never. No, we, we do not prepare for this at all. Anyway, this week we are doing Bowling for Soups 1985 versus Fountains of Wayne, Stacy's Mom. Two songs that are very near and dear to my heart. You better have strong feelings about this, Lena. Uh, me? Yes. What about... Wait, my, my understanding is that there is another. Yes. Okay. We, we, we called in an expert. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My baby brother, Victor. Say hi, Victor. <laughs> hi. You need to stop calling me experts about things that I just have, like, passing interest in. <laughs> you are our Bowling for Soup expert this week. Oh, yeah. I told you I knew three songs by them, and you called me an expert. Yeah, we did it. All right. I did listen to a little more Bowling, or bowling for Soup than I have in the past, and uh, it did not really break my preconceptions of Bowling for Soup, let's say. Uh, yeah, that, I had the same experience. I was like, let's let's just listen to their top ten on Spotify. Mm, and let's not do that again. It's okay. Okay, my little brother is here because he is a gigantic Fountains of Wayne fan. Mm-hmm. Am I right? I'm I, right? I mean, not as gigantic as some people, I imagine. I haven't, like, sought out a lot of their discography, but I had, I I love Fountains of Wayne. Yeah, you love Fountains of Wayne because I took you to the to see them in 2003. Yeah, at a I free recall. concert in the park. It was wild. <laughs> it, was like, it was like $10 to get in, and... Fountains of Wayne was playing. <laughs> Who is a Fountains of Wayne fan, do you think? What is their demographic? Music nerds. That's the only thing I can really <laughs> think of. Like, just people like you. All right. Hey. <laughs> I, I counted myself a, among them. Okay. Who is a Bowling for Soup fan, do you think? What is their demographic? Skater? Question mark? <laughs> like, uh, the, the, the punkier half of the TRL crowd? I think the punkier half of the TRL crowd, except they're not there yet. They're like four years before they can actually call themselves skaters. <laughs> they like bowling for soup is like their gateway drug into the skater punk world. It's, it's so, hard for me to 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 think about bowling for soup having a demographic. <laughs> they were they had several big hits. Yeah, they did. I, I, they were always around. They're still around. Like. I, I don't have a fucking clue what Sum 41 is up to, but I still hear is like Bowling for Soup. They're on this soundtrack or whatever. Yeah, they apparently they've done stuff for the Disney Channel and, and things. Like they did the we got a, intro to Phineas and Ferb. We got a lot of Phineas and Ferb fans in the audience. Oh, I, I know nothing about that show. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a show. See, to me, Bowling for Soup then falls into the 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 Aquabats. I remember o- the Aquabats. O- I, I do not. Um, they also oh, they, were, they, were they also they also Victor. they also wrote music for 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 children's television. That is a excellent excellent comparison. They are the Aquabats of the early two thousands. Yeah, the Aqu- I they've got a little bit of that. They've got a little bit of um, they're like what if me first and the Gimme Gimmies did their own songs and got a lot bigger. I don't know. <laughs> They really are like, oh, like what if, what if ni- the '90s punk music kept going for some reason? Okay, I had a point I was getting to with the comparison between the t- two fans, which is that these are two very, very, very different bands. Yes, and yet these are two very, very similar songs. We are doing the the MILF songs 
of 2003 slash four, maybe five. I don't know. It's funny because to me, 1985 divorced of its music video is not I, really a MILF song. I can't divorce it from the video. Okay. Um, Stacy's mom, no matter what. But the, I mean, the thing to know at the outset is that 1985 is very much a Bowling for Soup song. And Stacy's mom is also very much a Bowling for Soup song. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. it's not really a Fountains of Wayne song. It's really just, it's it's more about the fact that as a pop songwriter, Adam Schlesinger is much more malleable and can do pretty much anything that he wants or anything that he wanted, uh, rest in peace. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound that wild from that band, especially in the context of the album it came from. They did a lot of, you know, funny, dumbish things on that album. It's still great. I don't know what I love about it so much, but it's still just great. For the, for those who don't know, like Fountains of Wayne is like the hipster indie nerd band. Like they started in the mid nineties and I think they were, they were a power pop band. I think some people call them like the poor man's Weezer. They were never quite as, as big as like a band like that. Yes. In fact, so, so there's a, there's, so there's a kind of an important story here, which is that, so Stacy's mom, you mentioned Victor that like the album is, is, is kind of, Odd. We're talking about 2003's Welcome Interstate Managers, which is a pretty funny title for an album. It actually sounds like it would be the name of a punk album from like 1996. But it is an odd album because Fountains of Wayne got kicked off their label prior to this and then proceeded to just write a bunch of songs while Adam figured something out. And he had enough money and he said, look, guys, we're, we got let's just write some stuff. I'm going to get us in the studio and then we're, we're going to make an album. And uh, other labels were like, Fountains of Wayne, we love you guys, but you don't have a label anymore, which means you guys are not doing stuff that's going to make us money. Can you send us some demos? And Adam was like, fuck you. I'm not sending any fucking demos. And then they proceeded to make this very weird album that happened to include an enormously catchy, very mainstream song called Stacy's Mom. That's, you know, it's funny because it's it doesn't really match the time. Like, I don't listen to it and go like, man, this is so 2003. No, absolutely not. But but it but you know what? People love the cars. And I think no matter how far in life you go, there's no point where people don't like the cars and it's really just a, the cars song. It's what they were trying to do. Like the, the intro is basically just a riff on the opening riff of just what I needed. Like at the beginning of the music video, it just says, I heart Rick right on Mm -hmm. one of the license plays as, as in Rick O'Kasic lead singer of the cars. And they're, they're doing those weird vocal mannerisms with the, Ooh, 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 you know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. They are. They are trying to, evoke Rick Ocasek who was trying to evoke Buddy Holly. Yeah, that's so weird that it, that it was such a big giant hit in 2003 because it didn't really match anything. The only song I can think of that it is similar to from that time period is the one I put it up against in this episode. Yeah, you know what's funny about that is that so Bowling for Soup was was a um a punk outfit from Wichita, Texas, right? 
their stuff is very indicative of 90s punk. And I would say that 1985 is maybe a little poppier, a little more mainstream than some of their other stuff, but it's it's kind of in concert with the rest. Like it doesn't feel like like Stacy's mom feels so different from everything else they were doing. I don't know. It's that came out in 2004, and uh, I always think of that as being a very specific time for that kind of music because. That is the year American Idiot came out. Man, I feel like American Idiot was like kind of the last gasp of this kind of music. Like it was so big, but there wasn't really anything like that that came afterwards. Well, so the thing about American Idiot in my mind has always been the same, which is it was not a reminder that punk rock was here to stay. It was a reminder that Green Day was here to stay. They were just like... Yeah, just like the 70s, um, Aerosmith was around and then things, you know, would go kind of come up and down. Like eventually they would have hits that would be like, I don't know if this genre of music that Aerosmith is is going to be around forever, but Aerosmith ain't going anywhere. Bon Jovi kind of did the same thing. And I feel like every decade you get one of those. And Green Day was the 90s equivalent. Um, And Bowling for Soup is really weird because they're – not really doing American Idiot style punk with 1985 or really anything off of that album. It is much more akin to a Goldfinger or Lit, which is exactly what I I looked up on the Wikipedia page and those are the bands that people were were comparing them to and I was like, yeah, that's right. That's correct. Yeah, Yeah. because I I remember Bowling for Soup were very much a post-Blink-182 type band or in post-Sum 41. Like those two were their forerunners but the thing about Blink-182 and Sum 41 is that they did not stay 17 forever. Like <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it, yeah. <laughs> they wrote, eventually grew older and wrote more serious music versus Bowling for Soup, which has always kind of been a novelty band as far as I can tell. They're yeah, just a I mean, funny joke band. Yeah, because they're known for, for this song, 1985. They're known for Girl the Bad Guys Want. High school and then they're for doing, and then they do covers, right? Like that's why I brought up me first in the Gimme Gimmies, because they did they did uh, and I ran, yep. I ran so far. They did they, that one. Yep, they that's covered. Uh, they covered Stacy's mom. That they yes, did. they did. <laughs> that is that's my favorite fact. I was like, po- podcast over. We've been talking for fifteen <laughs> minutes and we're done now because we've said the one thing that's funny. Yeah, like it's, who, we, have, we haven't even, we haven't even talked about who we prefer. But I kind of feel like the right answer for who wins the competition is Bowling for Soups. Stacy's mom. <laughs> I just I, I, this was my favorite thing because I was you know I went to go listen to these songs for, to you know just in preparation for the podcast and I'm like. Wait a second. Bowling for Soup cover this? And the, the like EP or single or whatever they put this on, the cover of it reads, Everyone thought they did it anyway, so they freaking did it. Stacy's mom. <laughs> Finally, you can say this is your favorite song by BFS and not look like an idiot. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. Can, can I ask a question? Maybe we're the wrong age, but did, did, did either of you think? of Stacy's mom as being a bowling for soup song. Like I made the joke earlier, but I knew who, who did that song. Yeah. Like, are you, do you mean like literally were we confused about who did it? 
Yeah, I don't remember that being a thing. At no That's point the only weird life. thing about that album. Like, I, there must be, there must have been somebody. It must. I have mean, been. that was that was still the LimeWire era, right? The yeah, it's got it's got so to be it that. Had, it had to have been mislabeled all over that uh, web service, whatever you call that and, thing. And there are plenty of people out there who are not like you and me, and would not have known who Fountains of Wayne were at the time. That maybe would have known who Bowling for Soup were because of Girl All the Bad Guys Want. Yeah, like, if you're asking if I ever got them confused, no, I'm a giant fucking nerd. I know what year it came out, I know what album it's off of. Like, no, I'm not going to make a rookie mistake like that, Lena. Do we want to get it out of the way, just because I, I feel like I already know how this is going to play out? Mm-hmm. Um, in this matchup of 1985 versus Stacey's mom, boy, um, wh- which one are you picking? T- Todd? Which could it be? You know... I love Fountains of Wayne and I do love Stacy's mom. I never loved Stacy's mom quite as much as I love Fountains of Wayne. And 1985 is a really just a well put together song. Uh, but my answer is still Stacy's mom. Okay. <laughs> Almost gotcha. Yeah. But like it's closer than I think you thought it was going to be, I think. Okay. Fair enough. Victor, where do you land? Uh, this is an easy Stacy's mom for me. I like 1985. Uh, I think it's catchy. I don't really have a special place in my heart for it. It occupies a very large space in my brain for no reason. It is, <laughs> but, but no, I, I, Stacy's mom all the way. Is it going to be across the board? Yes, of course it is. <laughs> I don't, this is, I mean, I don't, I don't actually know that the numbers are going to be quite a blowout, but I knew there was no way that anybody coming onto this podcast to speak was going to have a good pro-1985 argument. That's not to say that there isn't one. But I tell you, I, I listened to both of these albums. I was listening to the bands in general, looking up facts about them and such, and trying to think about the genres of music that are similar or are the same. And I just couldn't, for the life of me, come up with... I couldn't get myself there. You know I love to be contrarian. That's my job. Mm-hmm. To be a contrarian piece of shit, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't get myself there. Stacey's mom is so much better. It's not so much better, but it is better. Well, like if you are on a podcast where you talk about music, you're the kind of person who's going to go for Adam Schlesinger. Like Adam Schlesinger is like the guy for music nerds. He's like if you are not a music nerd, you probably know him because he wrote that thing you do. Another I, I genre mean, I homage. I don't. I don't know that. Everybody, I mean, I guess, how many people actually know that was him? I don't know. I, I, no I feel like the average music listener just has never heard Adam Schlesinger's name. Right, but that's what you would know him from. Stacy's mom, and if you did, and after Stacy's mom, uh, that thing you do. But for the people in the know, Adam Schlesinger is like the greatest songwriter who ever lived. If you like just the structure and the mechanics of pop music, like he was just a master of it. Or, you know, he was until he passed in 2020 of COVID, one of the first uh, casualties, first celebrity casualties of the virus. Rest in peace. It was very sad. We were all very sad in the music world. Oh, yeah. I binged a bunch of stuff. You know, Spotify had a playlist that was, you know, big trending because of it. And it was, yeah, I just wallowed in that for a while. But it just, it really, really highlighted just how good he was at what he did. Like it just every song just felt so right at every point in it. And to be fair, the first time I heard Stacy's mom, I did really, really love it that much. 
it's kind of dimmed for me as I've uh, gotten older and I've perused the, the deeper end of the Fountains of Wayne discography. But at the time, I was like, this is the greatest song I've ever heard in a way that I wasn't for 1985, even though these are very, just very similar songs. And I'm not sure what it is, because like I said, for me, this is a lot closer than it appears to be for either of you. I don't know. It's interesting. You know, do you have any feelings about Welcome Interstate Managers as I an album? I fucking love that album. It is so good. Really? It is yeah. so good. That album's incredible. I love like 95% of it. Like, there's maybe one track on the whole thing that I wouldn't like jam to right now. I find that album interesting, but it is long. It is like it is, long. It, is an hour, it is an hour long. There are 17 songs on it, and I'm here to tell you that I, to this day, still kind of look at the last three or four songs and go, why did Fountains of Wayne, in the final act of this album, suddenly become Oasis? <laughs> like the last they can couple do of everything. songs, just but they just it just it sounds like definitely maybe. The last couple the, that yeah, I, that's it's very strange to me. Yeah, 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 very much so. It's it's. I mean, like I don't think that they're bad songs, but they feel so out of step with the rest of the record. I'm like, where did what happened? Am I? It's like one of those things where you thought you were listening to Spotify for so long, you fell asleep and you woke up and you're listening to another album. <laughs> I was like, nope, it's it's still them, but that's weird. <laughs> what? All right. I mean, there's a country song on that album. There's a Haley's Waitress is on that album. Like, it's it's weird. A lot of stuff yeah. there, and when you listen to the the entire album, Stacy's mom doesn't seem like entirely out of place because Fountains of Wayne were you know they did funny songs, not they just weren't like as overtly comedy as Stacy's mom was. And I guess that's it, it's a funny thing. After Adam Schlesinger died, the lead singer Chris Chris Collingwood said straight up like I hated that song. I did not want to write that song. I did not. I knew what was going to happen. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Everyone is going to think of us as the Stacy's mom band, and they're not going to have any idea of what we, what kind of band we are, what kind of music we make. It's just going to be Stacy's mom for the rest of our lives. And uh, he's, he's he's right. He was not wrong. I, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that I guess ended up being true of Fountains of Wayne. But you know, it's interesting. So Chris Collingwood, he um. He just didn't want to make this album at all. He was in a, a funk because <laughs> of the fact that they had um, kind of gotten cut loose by Atlantic Records after Utopia Parkway, and he didn't want to do shit. So uh, I get it, but also like in the the that thing you do sense of things, it kind of makes Chris seem like the the as Tom Hanks <laughs> would call him the talent <laughs> in, in quotes. Yeah. Well, he wasn't the, t I mean, he was a talent, but like the talent was, was, was Schlesinger. And I've heard Schlesinger could, could be difficult sometimes too. He could be, but, but just like Guy Patterson of the wonders, he, he was, <laughs> he was the smart one. And, and you can tell because the thing is, yes, people are aware that he was a big part of Fountains of Wayne, but I don't think people just think of him as the Fountains of Wayne guy. They think of him as the That Thing You Do guy, the guy who wrote Pretend to Be Nice off of Josie and the Pussycats, the guy who wrote music for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the guy who wrote music for Ivy, the guy who wrote music for fucking everything. He just was so malleable as an artist, and yet everything was still in that realm of pop music. 
Uh, it's just, it's really singular. There's not a lot of people that can write like that. All right. So I got a question for you. Everyone here picked Stacy's mom over 1985. If you did not know the rest of the Fountains of Wayne discography, would you be as fervent about this as you are? Because like to me, it's these songs seem like pretty close, pretty on par with each other. And let, let me uh, defend 1985 for a second. It is uh, produced by Butch Walker, who is like the producer of that kind of sound, the pop, the pop punk producer. He's like the Mutt Lang of that genre. Everything he touches sounds so good. It sounds so amazingly good. I'm just in awe of his work. And 1985 is a funny song, right? It's Springsteen, Madonna, way before. It doesn't feel as funny as much as it just seems campy, maybe. Like it's, I don't know. Like it just, the, my defense just died in my throat as I tried to sing. That. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it's, it, there's something inherently stupid about 1985 that is not like, there's something inherently stupid about Stacy's mom too, but it doesn't, doesn't leave that sour taste in your mouth quite as badly. Well, Stacy's mom is a cute song about a teenager who thinks he's going to get with a, a, with a 40 year old woman. It's funny. Yeah. Like it's, it's cute. Funny. And there's like there's something kind of mean about 1985 in there. Yeah, it yeah, its subject feels like it's being condescended about. Like, yeah, and for me, what bothered me is that they just kind of give up on this being a song of like a character piece. It slowly just becomes like 80s references. Remember the 80s? <laughs> and uh, afterwards, I was like, well, what happens to Debbie? Is she okay? And it bothered me that. Like, the 80s references didn't feel right. Like they, they didn't they feel felt wrong at all. Yeah. Like Springsteen's still around. Madonna was still around at the time. U2 was still around. <laughs> and Blondie had had a hit song just like five years earlier. And the other guy in Van Halen was Sammy Hagar at that point. You, oh, she would oh, know who Sammy was Hagar I was gonna, <laughs> yes. I was going to. I was going to ask because you know the timeline. Yeah, this is no, this when bothered, the other guy. This is before Van Halen. When 3. Van Halen three <laughs> yeah. happened, I don't know. It felt like the the references were a tiny bit out of date. Like the modern references, like not a big Limp Biscuit fan. It was like Limp Biscuit's pretty over. It's two thousand four. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy in Van Halen is Sammy Hagar. That bothered me so much, even at the time. I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, are you sure this song wasn't meant to be about nineteen ninety nine?" Like that's when this was supposed to be released and then just had to sit on it for five years because it, it isn't a bowling for soup song. He was like, you just like, this is such a bowling for soup song, but it's not, no, it, was, it wasn't their song. Yeah, they, it was a cover. <laughs> and I, I did go back and listen to the, the original version for the first time this week. The original, but- the original version is by another mall punk band called SR 71. They had one hit in the year Y2K and then they just kind of disappeared yeah, I just I like I knew that this was the song was a cover. I've known that for like, you know, 12 plus years or something. Um mm-hmm. and I just had never bothered going to listen to the original and there are a lot of very intelligent changes made from that song. Um the the structure for one and the production, like there are some lyrical changes that maybe are good and some that are bad. I I don't know. They made a joke. like, what happened to her life? And then in the original version, someone shouts out the rubber broke. Uh huh. That's not funny. 
I don't know. But that that was something like the Bowling for Soup guy was like, yeah, I'm absolutely not singing that. That, I mean, they were they're they're a, a band for kids for one thing. Yeah, but also it's just, it's a shitty joke. It's not funny. They fuck you. They yeah, they, they also cut a line about George Michael being gay and I oh let me go look that up because I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's never knew George was gay. Thought they'd hook up one day. I, I'm not quite offended by that, but, but like it's still something. It's they not cut. a good joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good cut. So uh, it, they did clean it up some. Although this one really bothers me. The original version goes: Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And then for some reason they change it to what? It's like even St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> which doesn't rhyme as well. And also is a significantly worse, less classic movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, St. Elmo's Fire blows. <laughs> it's a terrible fucking movie. <laughs> you looked so shocked at that, Lena. I was surprised. Surprised that I I hate John Sin- Joel Schumacher's St. Elmo's Fire? That you came so hard for wait, no, that's not right. That's not no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess so. I, I guess I felt I really felt for Rob Lowe in that moment. Oh, when he finds out he's balding, or no, I just, when he's I just, like, no, I just, I just felt bad for him because you know we'd 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 recently covered the the Grammys, and so then I I had Rob Lowe on the brain. I was thinking about the Oscars. You mean the Oscars? You, just, you, you you know what I meant? We were covering shows, award shows. <laughs> yes, two in a row. Where he, that's a reference to Rob Lowe's infamous 1989 intro at the Oscars where he danced with Snow White. It was It's the most horrible thing you'll ever see in your life. That's what that's a reference to. <laughs> Back in 19, 19, 1989. <laughs> okay, we got off track here. What were we talking about? Uh, I don't know. For, 1985 for is for, kind of dumb. <laughs> for what it's oh, worth. Your, I, your, your question was, um, if you didn't know, if you were just mm-hmm. listening to the songs, you knew no context. Yeah. And for, for what it's worth, we were, um, I was looking down at the, uh, the comments and there are a bunch of people who, A, don't really know any of Fountains of Wayne songs besides Stacey's mom and B, were kind of offended at it. Yeah, that's, that was the uh, look I made. Well, uh, about what? what? I don't know. Well, they were definitely offended at the video, which... Speaking of fast times at Ridgemont High, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a there's a scene where they reenact the jerking off scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and uh, they have like a, a 14 year old playing this character, which I'm not sure that played. Even at the time, I was like, "Oh yeah. man, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that." Yeah, that does step close to some lines, but as someone who was also like 14 at the time, I didn't care. I knew I didn't. I knew I didn't want to see it. I was like, I don't. I don't. But think like, I what need- are you? But what are you seeing? I mean, like, yeah, I know what he's doing, but like, they don't show anything. And also, uh, I was fourteen at one point. <laughs> I, I, I I seem to recall that I masturbated at that age. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to blow anybody's mind here. But I'm pretty sure by that point in my life, I had started doing that. Uh, so it's not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's but you just, weren't it just doesn't really doing that. that in a national music video. <laughs> Why <Yeah>. not? <laughs> Man, the TikTok teens are going to come for you if you could defend this any harder. <laughs> I, I don't. But they don't show any. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah, be be offended if you like. I'm not. I'm not saying you can't be. I just. I don't. I thought. I did think it was clever because the cars were uh, the soundtrack of that famous masturbation scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont yeah, High. Moving in stereo, great song. 
it's not just what I needed, which is what, what that's the whole song is a reference to. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a clever pull. I thought <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Shut up, Victor! Shut up! <laughs> you two are related. <laughs> I think some of the people who didn't like Stacy's mom kind of took it the wrong way. Like they thought it was like a sincere thing about banging a forty-year-old when you're fifteen. Like, do you get that this is cute, right? Yeah, this is this is <laughs> never going to be requited. Yeah, there is no way that this nameless narrator is ever going to get with Stacy's mom. Yeah, I guess did I did I miss it? Did didn't we all I didn't I, we all I have would, like when you were 14, wasn't there an older woman that you were like this woman is far more attractive than anyone my own age? Is that not that it feels pretty normal. <laughs> like they captured a, a thing. That's a that's a that's a pretty normal thing to feel when you're 14. I don't think I ever um, had that moment, but I also have been with the same person since I was 15, so. I, I will say this. I think the, the 1985 video was better than Stacy's mom's. I agree. I love that video. That video is outstanding. Top tier work. I have not I mean, seen it in quite some time. But you remember what it was, right? No, actually. When I say quite some time, I mean like since it was popular. Oh, well, they're in a, Debbie is watching them. They're playing in their garage for uh their band and then like they keep the garage door keeps closing and it keeps rising up and they're doing different 80s references. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They come out as the uh, the the umpteenth parody of the addicted to love video. Uh-huh. Of course. And then they come out as like breakdancing B-boys. I don't think that's a reference to anything specific. And then they come out as Motley Crue. Yeah. Right? What I like about it is that it ends with the woman like writhing on the car the hood of the car yeah. i like that too and then the song ends and she's still going <laughs> <laughs> and her husband from across the street is like what are you doing and she's like uh, oh like dust herself off it's i listen i like comedy sexy i love that that, that has mm-hmm. always that has always made me laugh i you know i well I then this about, is the episode for you Indeed, indeed. No, I was. I always talk about. Um, so I like horror movies, and I grew up in the 1980s, and so a lot of 1980s horror movies have uh, a lot of naked women. That's that's a, that's a thing that they did. And uh, my my favorite um, scream queen of the era was Linnea Quigley, and she was naked in almost every movie she was in. But she was very good at being funny naked and scary naked instead of just sexy naked all the time. And I always really appreciated that. I was like, there's a, you, there's a lot of longitude and latitude with nudity that you can grasp. And I thought that like this sort of video grabbed at like what it's, what it's like to sort of let the woman do a thing that's funny. It makes it feel like it's still her thing, her fantasy, her having a good time rather than them ogling her. That's the differentiation. Yeah, yeah, nudity to grasp. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> damn it, damn it, Victor. I can't You're help myself. You're ruining my salient point. <laughs> you know, there was a, a similar song to 1985 right around this time. It's called Volvo Driving Soccer Mom by Everclear. It was the end of the Everclear era, let's say. <laughs> like, it was like a similar song, but it didn't have any point at all. So if you want to feel a little nicer to bowling for soup, that would be a that would be your uh entry point into it. You'll go back to bowling for soup and you're like, "Man, these guys are so good." 
and for what it's worth, I listen to all their songs. I, I kind of think they're just not a good band. I So here's the thing. I, you know, I went back, was listening to some of the earlier stuff. The thing about 1985 for me, which is not a sin per se, but it is the song where they strafe from, even though it's a cover, um, because of the changes they made, it doesn't feel like the punk that I like. And the thing about punk rock, at least as far as I've ever considered it, is that you really only like punk rock from the age in which you first really get into it. And once you get past a certain age, so for me, I was much older. By the time that album came out in 2004, I was 24. I was not really in the mode to get into some new punk rock. So, you know, I want uh, No Effects' Punk and Drublick, right? That's what I want. And that's like 1994 a decade earlier and it's more driving it's faster it's noisier and uh they've got punk voice you know that you know that thing <laughs> that thing they've got the punk they've got the punk voice and bowling for soup sometimes had punk voice but they don't have it on 1985 and it made me think you don't count you're not <laughs> you're not the real deal you for you're a baby band for babies uh so I just, I always, I couldn't get over it. I don't know that it makes the song bad, but I do think that if you grew up on 90s punk, you were probably A, over it, and B, really not interested. Like, I remember um, when Sum 41 came out and did Fat Lip. That was, like, one of the last times that, like, punk still had punk voice. Because, like, as you get further into the 2000s, that sort of goes away to a degree, you know? Uh, and uh, and I just don't I don't like that. And also, Punk and Drublick had something to say. It had it said, "Don't call me white." Oh God. <sighs> oh boy. Yeah. By contrast, that Mike, really, man. God damn it. Uh, I listen. I totally went back and was like, I'm going to listen to the punk rock that I liked as a kid. And so I listened to Punk and Drublick, and I was like, this fucking rips linoleum. And then we got to Don't Call Me White, and I was like, Oh Christ. Okay, I. Oh man. You know, it's funny. Anyway. I never, I never got into Sum Forty One. Never got into Good Charlotte. I was into Blink One Eighty Two, and after that, I kind of just fell off. Like, I'm not really into this music, but I did like that one Bowling for Soup song, "Girl of the Bad Girl Guys." Of the bad. I did. I was really into that song. I'm that still, song still sounds more like the '90s punk rock. That's the thing. You know, and it was nominated was, for a Grammy. It was. That's where. I, that's where I, I knew it from. Pop category from the Grammys in the pop I knew category. It. Yeah, I knew it from the Grammys. I looked it up because I was like, oh, they're pairing Limp Biscuit," And I want, I don't like Limp Biscuit. I'd like to see them get taken down a notch. So I listened to that song. And I was like, man, this is good. Like, love the riff, love the, the hook. And I'm listening to it now. And it's the same problem as 1985. Like, it starts out to be about a character, a song, or it's like being in love with the this girl. And towards the end, it just... It's just a bunch of new metal references and making fun of like that whole like new metal scene. And it's it's just a bunch it's just an excuse for a bunch of lazy punchlines. As is so much of their music. So much of them. I, I like listening to like here are some of their minor hits that you might not know. And it's like high school never ends. Like I hated high school never ends. That's just a bunch of showbiz references. And punk rock 101. Like I didn't follow, I couldn't follow what was happening in that song at all. Versus Fountains of Wayne, which is you know the music for music nerds. I loved it. every single one of their albums. Rips, check them all out. 
man, what happened to Fountains of Wayne? Why, why could they not follow up on that? I'm not clear. I remember all my friends hated Out of State Plates, which was the album they followed it with. And it wasn't even a real album I'm looking at it now. Yeah, wasn't it just, just like B-sides bunch- and stuff? Yeah, but I don't know. I remember thinking at the time, I was like, wow, Fountains of Wayne are over. And they kind of were. But Adam Schlesinger had Crazy Ex-Girlfriend waiting for him. So Adam Schlesinger was always going to work. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know if he was, you know, just capable of not writing songs. He, he had such a prolific yeah. output. Check out every single one of their albums. Start with uh, Fountains of Wayne, self-titled. I think 95. that's their best album. I want to say 96. Something like that. It was weird. I, the, when I went back and listened to it again, you know, years later, because you introduced me to it fairly early on. And then, you know, just later in life as I'm actually, you know, trying to be a little more critical about my listening or anything. I'm just like, wow, this sounds... Kind of exactly like the mid '90s, and nothing like the mid '90s. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah, I was like, in the there's like a whole underbelly of things that should have been hits but weren't in the mid to late '90s. That Fountains of Wayne is like right at the top of, and right below being mainstream. I, I was really trying to find a way to make 1985 a contender in this match. I really was. <laughs> you know what I realized about 1985, and I, I think after this we can go right into the questions, and this could be so. like an actual short episode. I mean, we're uh, still pretty long, but go, I mean, comparatively, go. comparatively, yeah. um, I think that 1985 deserves a sequel. Oh no. Oh no. I haven't written it. Don't worry. It's not like that. See now stuff. There's five people that are disappointed that I said that. I know you're <laughs> relieved, but I wanted to pitch it to you as a concept. Okay. It's called 2005. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it starts out, it's it's pretty much exactly the same, same pitch, same concept, except obviously you're updating the references. So you talk about like Kelly Clark's and Black Eyed Peas, MySpace, <laughs> and you YouTube. And that, but then all of a sudden, you're like, you're getting into stuff, references and shit. And you get to the, the part in the timeline, it's 2008 and the housing bubble bursts. And all of a sudden, twist. It turns into a like a Dan Olson YouTube video, and the rest of the songs just just about QAnon and NFTs, and it's six hours long, and it's the saddest fucking thing anyone's ever heard. Is this just- and it goes on forever, but you keep listening to it anyway, and it's just the end of human civilization. And then after that, nature gets to heal. Is this, That's my is idea. This we didn't start the fire. <laughs> uh, for what it's worth, I have they have started making like. 2000s nostalgia songs. There's one from uh, some UK pop artist who wasn't very good called 2002. And uh, it sucked. It sucked a lot. 2002 is a shit year. Come on now. <laughs> 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 like, seriously, it was the immediate aftermath of 9 11. Fuck off. <laughs> it was not a good year. <laughs> All right. Want to do the want to do the questions? Yes, we have we have made it to the questions. Now that I have said arguably the dumbest thing that I've ever said, which is a long list, we can do the questions. All right. You're too hard on yourself, Lena. You have said so many dumber things. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, Judge. <laughs> Thanks, gang. Uh, right. Never again, Victor. You're banned. Yes. Did you can't you say that up last against time two too? brothers. <laughs> Probably. It'll never work. Anyway, all right. So we do four questions after we, you know, just talk a lot of garbage for a while. We, we think, oh, you know, it would be smart if we had points. Uh, so we ask these questions to sort of firm up the arguments, try and take them in a direction. The first question is, uh, one of these songs going away. Bye-bye. Later. Peace. 
Uh, the other one's going to stay forever. For the culture, Victor, which one of these songs has to stay? Actually, this is going to be pretty easy. God, but is it is it going to be pretty easy? Because knowing what we we just heard from Chris Colling, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like it, it would be interesting to know what Fountains of Wayne would have been like without a gigantic smash hit like Stacy's Mom. Uh, maybe it would have been better. Maybe it would have been worse. I'm not going to take that gamble. I think 1985 is completely it, it, dispensable. You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's really the opposite of indispensable. We're going to make it that way. I, I think I just, <laughs> just get rid of 1985. It's fine. Yeah, I, I don't feel like the world would be markedly, dif- markedly different if 1985 didn't exist. But there's a lot of people that found out about Fountains of Wayne because of Stacy's mom. And that that's is it. correct. Mm-hmm. That's the that end. Is true. So no debate. I feel like this is actually going to be pretty short. Question number two. <laughs> uh, you could be a fly on the wall, experience soup to nuts, the entirety of the creation of the, the song, the album, the music video for one and only one of these two songs. Uh, for history, for history's sake and for your own, Victor, which one Which one do you want to you know more about? Uh, that's an easy Stacy's mom. Right, like 1985 just does not seem like it could possibly have that complicated of a of a history, right? But I want to see Fountains of Wayne work on Welcome Interstate Managers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see how strenuously Chris Collinsworth objected. I guess Chris Collingwood, excuse me, <laughs> yeah, Chris Collingsworth, <laughs> NFL quarterback. I was trying to make sure I didn't get that wrong the entire episode. <laughs> and then you fucked up anyway. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, right. I, don't, I just don't think there's any. Yeah, there's no debate. Welcome, interstate managers. Ha, like we already know what we know of the story is already pretty interesting. I don't actually see it getting less interesting. All right. Question number three. Finally, perhaps a challenge. Megan the Stallion, uh, the person that I have decided is is the is the team leader on twerking. I I don't know. She's gonna get him to some hot girl shit. That's what she does. That's her thing. Uh, and she's going to listen to one of these two songs. It's going to go on to like a mixtape, as it were, for hot girl shit. Which one of these two, for all time, is hot girl shit, Victor? I don't know about this. Like, instinctively, I think it might be 1985 just because it's a little more party-ish. Like, it, it has a little bit more of a party vibe to it. But also, it's kind of sad. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if they just go with it anyway. The second you you have a kid, Stacy's mom is your hot girl shit, because that's how you that's the song you 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 uh played to know that you still got it. Whatever your kids' names, Blank's mom's got it going on. Of course, Megan, I don't think has any kids yet, but she will. I, yeah, what, I know. Like, what, how would I know that? Yeah, what am I talking what, about? What are you, yeah, <laughs> tr- truly, what what is happening? What I I have no are idea you where that came from. Dating Megan the Stallion, and you're like, we she, are having children. I have no idea where that fuck that came from. I'm so sorry. Really weird, man. What yeah. are we doing? You, know, you want to take a second pass at that? But she may eventually. <laughs> she, yeah. It could happen. It could listen. You know, you you did that uh, that video where you were talking about the 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 song that she did with Dua Lipa. And mm-hmm. there was a you had a core thesis about like where does Megan go because she wants to have a more mainstream success. I'm gonna pick 1985, and here's why: because in that music video at the end, where like she does the like the comedy sexy on the hood of the car, mm-hmm. that's what I want. That's what I want Megan the Stallion to do. <laughs> Give me a little comedy. Give me a little bit of comedy. Was WAP not enough that's for what you? I, 
That's what I want. <laughs> I want the I want the comedy. I mean, like uh, Cardi has all the comedy in WAP. Yeah, but I think give it to give it to Meg. Give Meg the chance to be the Slappy the Squirrel. Let her say, "Now that's comedy. That's what I want. I want yeah. ex- except except with dancing on the hood of a car." Share some of that comedy essence. See, that's All my right. argument. You feel good about it? All right. So we give we've given one to Bowling for Soup. They've bowled for their soup, and they've got some. By God, they've got some <laughs> soup today. Uh, most important question, not just of the podcast. Uh, but of of all human history, William Shatner, man about town, uh, equestrian, uh, actor, musician, accomplished hero to men and women. Uh, he's going to do a William Shatner version of one only one of these two songs for the culture, for the world, for the universe's sake. Which of these songs must be shat upon, Victor? I I don't want to hear William Shatner talking about Stacy's mom. I'd much rather hear him <laughs> just rattle off 80s references. Counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I want. I, I want him I want him to rattle off 80s references and just like replace random ones with Star Trek things. Like No, in the 80s well, it all I'll be, tell you he's never doing that. Hooker. <laughs> it's all TJ Hooker references. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then was, when was that on the talking about things that she wasn't into in the early 2000s and make Boston legal references? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it has to be Stacy's mom because I need to hear William Shatner speak singing from the point of view of a 14 year old boy <laughs> at his what he was like 95 now, 100, 115. I don't know. Todd, he's still 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's settled. Your mom uh, came out. With what? just a towel on. Oh. Okay, I changed my mind. <laughs> See? See? <laughs> this is what I yes. was saying. Victor, you've you've convinced us both that we just want to die. <laughs> uh all right. Um I feel like we've we've pretty solidly come down on this on the side of one of these two songs. Which could it be? Uh now it's time for you, the listeners, to also weigh in, because I am sure that some of you will have opinions different than our own. All right, let's see what people said. Okay. Sarah Jane Johnston writes, Stacy's mom kind of reassures me that getting older is okay, whereas 1985 gives me existential dread. I was thinking that, too. <laughs> of I course like, you oh, were. No. Well, I'm in my 40s. I was like, oh, no, I've wasted it all. Yeah, speaking oh, as okay. the only person here who wasn't alive in 1985. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was born I'm, in 1992. So, okay. <laughs> nice try. Let's see. User number G64 voted for Stacy's 1985 by Fountains of Soup. I I don't know. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> okay. Edward Brewer writes, "I feel like Fountains of Wayne is getting an episode just for Lena to drop an easy I'm from Jersey." And I didn't hold oh, shit. Nobody said Hackensack. I didn't yeah. even. And I grew up like one town over from Hackensack. That's why. How did I not? What? <laughs> Have you ever anyway, been to the actual Fountains of Wayne? I don't think so. I I forget what the Fountains been, of Wayne were, but I, I didn't know they were an actual place. I've been to Wayne, thing. New Jersey. I remember when I played my saxophone. I went and, and did, a, did a saxophone recital in Wayne, New Jersey. Did you uh, get thirsty? 
And if so, where did you get a drink? At the Fountains of Wayne. Does that make you feel better? Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> I, I have just I, have to... I performed my New Jerseyness to your satisfaction, Todd? I, I, it wasn't a setup. I just wanted to know. I don't know. It's I probably went to. I probably went to. I probably went to, the wa- to I probably went to a Wawa or something, man. Give me okay. A the Wawas of Wayne. All right. The Wawas of. Wayne. <laughs> anyway. All right. Tyler Crone writes. Considering that Bowling for Soup covers both of these songs, I feel like Bowling for Soup got the short end of the stick in this matchup by coming in with the second best performance of both songs. Ooh, hard, Ooh. hard disagree. <laughs> I mean, on that's right. That is. There are elements of the SR seventy one song that I prefer, but. Um, no, I would say the Bowling for Soup version is the superior 1985. It is definitely not the better version of Stacy's mom, though. No, no. Definitely not. Because it's a really straight cover, too. Yeah, it's just a... I don't know. You, you can imagine what it sounds like, and you're correct. So, Yes, right. is it, does it sound like a slightly less good version of the exact same song? Yeah. Because one of these bands is less good than the other? <laughs> yeah, how about that? Oops. All right. Anyway. Sarah writes, as a 24-year-old, the line, her dreams went out the door when she turned 24, makes me jealous of Debbie for holding out for that long. (laughs) It's been a rough pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Look, uh, millennials and Gen Z have not had it easy. (laughs) No, Gen Xers, you had it so fucking easy. Paggy writes, Bowling for Soup is in the top 10 for worst band names of all time. Mm. No argument. No argument. Mm, Maybe. I uh, could see it. It's certainly possible. Could see it. All right. Dip Dop writes, in high school, I saw an AMV on YouTube that shipped Ramses from the Prince of Egypt with Disney's Hercules that spliced clips from both movies together to make them kiss. The video was accompanied by a parody song called Stacy's Dad. Needless to say, <laughs> this has had a lasting impact on me and I am forever not the same. <laughs> I don't. I don't know whether they're talking about it being an awakening or a traumatic event. It can be both. <laughs> yeah, what's the difference? <laughs> uh, I don't. I literally don't move. Let's just let's just keep rolling. I don't because okay. if I think about it any longer, I will look it up and then I will once again wish for the sweet release of death. <laughs> okay. Dean R. Johnson writes: I'd never heard 1985 before, so I was all set to windmill slam my vote for that anyway because I couldn't imagine anything being more annoying than Stacy's mom. But then I listened to 1985, and it was. Just a list of things that happened in 1985. Not even in 1985. A lot of those are just from the 80s in general. Yeah, White Snake is from 87. Yeah, yeah it, tr- it truly is the Goldbergs of, of songs. Yeah. <laughs> and did, that 80s song? Yeah, and did, yeah. didn't they? Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High in the original. Wasn't that like 82? Like- <laughs> yes. All right. Nathaniel Ivy writes, As someone who was friends with a Stacy, whose mom died tragically the same year this song came out, my vote is for 1985. That is a horrible oh, story, holy Nathan. Fuck. <laughs> Nathaniel, that is a terrible story. Why did you write that to us, and why did I read it out loud? It's a, ter- it's a, it's a terrible story, but also a terrible excuse to pick one song over another. I mean, you know, I, I, I no, I think that's a pretty good reason. Yeah, yeah I mean, I couldn't imagine voting for Stacy's mom for anything under any circumstances if that were my life. Yeah, I don't know, man. I would see. I'd counterpoint. I would say I'm picking Stacy's mom. Rip. Oh, no, is that not? Wow, that's uh, uh, mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> this entire segment is getting cut. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Natalie Coppin writes, 
1985 holds a special place in my heart because they played it all the time on Radio Disney when I was a kid. Where with a slightly censored version where one Prozac a day became one workout a day and shake her ass became shake it right. That sounds terrible. We've already uh we've already watered it down considerably from the original version. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Michael Murphy writes, have we definitively proven whether or not the Debbie, who is the mother of an otherwise unnamed daughter in 1985, is not, in fact, Stacy's mom? Wouldn't that be the plot twist? It's about the it's, same person, huh? Seems plausible. Uh, right? Franco. De- in response to that, Franco Del Rosario writes, Okay, one song is about yearning for youth, while the other is from the POV of a youth that is yearning. This cannot end well. Oh. <laughs> no. No. No, 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 no. Okay, one last one. One last one. Thomas Carmody writes, I sure hope this upcoming episode will feature Todd's brother Victor as a guest commentator. What? <laughs> I, How? Why? I'm confused, too. <laughs> Thomas, are you a stalker? <laughs> How do you know me so well? I didn't tell you. Know I didn't even tell anybody I knew that I was doing this until like the five days ago. <laughs> I, I think this was like one of the first comments we got. Like someone is following you on Twitter and knows that you are a giant Fountains of Wayne fan. Because I sure don't bring it up. I don't talk about you ever. I, I I don't think I've ever brought up either of these bands or these songs for any reason in anything I've done in public. <laughs> okay, maybe that was after you announced you were going to be on it, I guess. That's got to be it. That's got to be it. That someone figured out a way to get me to read their name. <laughs> no, that person's a time traveler. Because uh, 1985 is the year that Back to the Future is set, you see. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Right. Go back to 1985. Mm. You got a Pepsi free. Great, Scott. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. That was Song versus Song. Wait, who won? What do you mean, who won? <laughs> <laughs> Well, who do you think won? I mean, obviously, Stacey's mom won, but like with it, by how much? Um, twenty point margin. Um, so ten, ten either direction. Six, so yeah, six sixty forty. Yeah. That's what that's what you're guessing. Yeah. What about you, Lena? It's gonna be more than that. It'll be sixty five twenty five. That that does not add up to a hundred. You counting oh, all the abstains? Like sixty five thirty five. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a math teacher, and if I was, apparently, <laughs> somebody in this podcast would want to have sex with me. You are no Miss Lang, Lena. <laughs> All right, the actual votes for a total of five forty-six to five forty-six to two seventy-eight. That's a sixty-six to thirty-four percent split. The correct answer was, in fact, Stacy's mom. And Lena was closest without going over. So, oh, God. <laughs> all right. Now, thank you for listening to Song versus Song. We do this twice a month. And if you want to listen to us and share us and let everyone know what a great podcast we have, uh, check, you know, we would appreciate it. And if you give us a dollar on Patreon, you could listen to our bonus episodes. This, this month we're doing some we're doing Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which we already recorded. Which means that by the time this comes out, it's probably already going to be available. Oh yeah, that is cool. I rewatched that recently. Great, and, and I think it's one of our best bonus episodes. I feel really good about it. It's a pretty good episode. I agree. I agree. That's one of our better ones. So if you want to check that out, just give us a dollar every month on Patreon, and you can hear what we think about 
uh, all sorts of movies voted on by you. All right. Are you ready for the next episode? Literally never. What are they? All right. And I've been wanting to do this one for a while, too. We are going to do Easy Lover by Phil Collins Ooh. versus Maneater by Oh, Hollow my Oaks. God. You had me on for this fucking episode? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can have you back. I don't know. Why do you? I, I, I don't remember you ever having strong episodes about strong opinions about Hall & Oates or Phil Collins. Are you kidding? I fucking love Hall & Oates. Uh, <laughs> also, Easy Lover. I just I I just go. Oh, don't you. Yeah. Like, I just, oh my God. <laughs> well, well, if, if you're you... as excited as Victor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you around, everybody. Hey.